Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in tonight to the Word of Life and Nineteen Ministries weekly broadcast alive because of the Word. Since of God, we are alive tonight because of God's Word residing on the inside of us. Once again, we thank you for tuning in tonight to the broadcast. Thank you for everyone tuning in tonight under the sound of my voice. We did not think a robbery to come on this broadcast, we say welcome to another session of Alive Because of the Word. We thank God for the realm of word he's given us in this time and during this season when so much is going on in the world and around us, in our families, on our jobs, you know, in our neighborhoods, in our communities. There's so much going on. But God is true to his word. And he will not leave you nor forsake you. First, before we before we go any further in the broadcast, I would ask I would like to ask you to can you mute your phones, mute your telephone, put it on mute so that we don't have any uh, background noise tonight. And we thank you once again for tuning into the broadcast. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up everyone under the sound of my voice tonight who did not think it robbery to come on this broadcast. Father, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory for each and everyone who've tuned in tonight to this broadcast. We thank you for your people, God. We thank you for your guidance, your protection, for how you deliver them, for how you guide them, for how you protect them. And thank you for this word that you've given for such a time as this. Whether they're going through, you know, God, whatever the situation or the circumstances they might be going through at this time, during this time in their life. But, God, we thank you for this word that is a word of encouragement, this word to uplift them, this word to, to, to let them know that you still love them. You are in control, and no matter what the enemy tries to do, you are still in control. So tonight we're going to be talking about living, not living a defeated life, living a victorious life. Because in this world you will have trouble. Those who may not be, those may not be the favorite words in the Bible, but like it or not, Jesus said them. Some people think faith preachers can't don't believe. They think we teach that if we walk by faith, we won't have any problems at all. But that's not the case. We are all aware of the fact that this world is full of trouble. And as long as we live in this world, we're going to face trouble. But God has assured us that he is going to be with us. And the difference, however, between us and unbelievers is that it doesn't stop there. We preach the rest of the story. We preach the other things Jesus said in that verse. 
he said in John sixteen thirty three, he said, I have told you these things that you so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have come to overcome the world. He says, in spite of everything that's going on around you, take heart. Know that he is with you. In spite of everything, he is with you. Glory to God. Jesus said we could have peace in the midst of all the troubles around us. He said that in him we could overcome it. And I know from experience how true these words are. I've been walking with the Lord for some years. I've seen some serious troubles during this time. I've seen sickness and disease. I've seen divorce. I've seen family problems. But I know in whom I live and move and have my being, I know that God has the final say. God is in control. And if you trust him and believe him and take take him at his word, you will make it. You will come through. So, do not be discouraged. I have encountered problems that, naturally speaking, I, I didn't know where the answer would come from. But, but God, but God. But you know what? I found out that if I stuck with God and trusted him, what he said in his word, he would see me through. I found out that Jesus has defeated every foe that comes up against us. And when we follow him, he leads us out of trouble into victory every time. We follow him. I have found out that in him, we truly can have peace. I've learned that the word peace, which is shalom in in the Hebrew, means to be whole, perfectly intact, nothing missing and nothing broken. And the Bible tells us that in the name of Jesus, we have a covenant of peace with God. Think of it. Almighty God has made a blood covenant with us, promising to keep us whole and intact with nothing missing and nothing broken. Right in the middle of this messed up, dangerous world, yes, we can have peace. Yes, we can have peace if we know in whom we live, we move, and we have our being. Just taking at his word. So why then? If we have this wonderful covenant of peace, why are so many Christians living defeated lives, broken lives? Why do so many good born-again believers fall prey to destruction of the world when God has promised to deliver them? I believe in Hebrews chapter 2. It tells us that we are heirs to this covenant of salvation. And we have given, and he has given us some instructions. He says, since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truth that we have heard, lest in any way we would drift and fall and slip away and keep and and we will take our eyes off him. So for if this message give, given to angels was authentic and proved shown, every violation and disobedience receive an appropriate penalty. So how shall we escape, he says, if we neglect and refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation? 
that is being offered us. That's Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. We do not have to, we don't have to do something terrible to find ourselves trapped in some kind of trouble with us, no way to escape. We don't have to be in some kind of sin or rebellion against God. All we have to do is neglect what he has done for us, forget what he has done for us, how he went to the cross, Calvary's cross for us, died, was buried, died, and rose again because of us. Because of us. He took the stripes that he received on that cross. Because of us, he bled and died. So according to to, to Western's dictionary, the word neglect means to ignore, to disregard. How can we ignore what he did for us on Calvary's cross? How can we disregard what he did for us on Calvary's cross and fail to care or to attend sufficiently or properly, to fail to carry out through carelessness of our intention to leave undone? It is easy to let spiritual things get away from you. Yes, it's quite easy. Because when you are content and you are happy, you forget from whence you came and for for who you live and move and have your being, in whom you live and move and have your being. You tend to forget. You tend to be careless. You tend to disregard everything that salvation has given you. It is easy to let spiritual things get away. Even though you may have been on fire and excited about God at the time of your, your salvation, at the time you received God, you were excited about the things of God. But somewhere along the line, you trusted. Somewhere along the line, you got careless. Somewhere along the line, you just begin to take things for granted and let them slip away. You start paying attention. But if you don't keep them in your eyes and in your ears, you can drift right back into unbelief and doubt. As a born as born against children of God, we have a great salvation. But if we just get up in the morning, go to work, come home, eat dinner, watch television, and go to bed like natural people do, we're going to suffer defeat. And calamities will come right along with it, right along with it as with the rest of the world. Because we were not just made to fall in line and fall in place. Because we were not just made to get up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, watch TV, and go to bed. We have a Redeemer. We have a Savior who loves us. We need to have a have a fellowship with him. We need to have a relationship with him. We need to connect with him. Do you pray when you get up in the morning? Before you go to work, do you get, even if you get in your car, do you pray when you get in your car? Do you pray? Do you call on Jesus? Do you acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior? Or you just ignore and just keep doing your thing and forget that you you are you are a child of the most high God. You are you are 
God's anointed. You are God's beloved. That's what you are. So if we get too busy with other things to pay proper attention to the things of God, we will miss out on the benefits of our salvation that is available to us while we were still here on the earth. There are covenant benefits here for us. Exactly what and exactly what are these benefits? If you don't know the answer, you won't be able to experience the fullness of your salvation. After all, you can't lay hold of the things of, that God has provided if you don't know what they are or, or that they belong to you. You don't know your rights. You don't know your covenant rights. So to fully understand the benefits of your salvation, you need to continually read and study the word of God. You are not going to walk in victory without knowing the word, what the word says. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, phone on mute. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32. A good place to begin your understanding of salvation is by learning the meaning of the word salvation. What does salvation mean? Most believers think salvation means to be saved from eternal damnation, to be saved from going to hell. But it means much more than that. The word salvation means deliverance from all kinds of evil, both temporal and eternal. It refers to spiritual and material preservation, deliverance from the fear from fear of danger, as well as pardon, as well as restoration, as well as healing, as well as wholeness, as well as soundness in spirit, soul, and body. You can be delivered. You can be delivered. It's true that when we're born again, we are saved from the penalty of sin. Yes. Romans chapter 5 verse 9 says, when we are born again, we are saved from the penalty of sin. But that's not all that's included in our covenant of salvation. It also provides a life of freedom. Salvation provides a life of freedom while we were still here on earth. It provides deliverance from the dominion of sin. It provides dominion from sin. Thank God we don't have to sin anymore. We, do, we have been born of God, and we have the power to live the uh, 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 life of, uh, of holiness. Psalm 91 tells us that God also promises to protect us from earthly dangers. It says we will be delivered from pestilence, which includes serious sickness, disease, famine, earthquakes, and other calamities. It says we'll be protected from sudden death that comes by the weapons of men. It promised us a long, satisfying life and deliverance from every kind of trouble that comes our way. There are many wonderful promises, but they, but they don't operate in our lives automatically, automatically because we are Christians. No, those promises will not just operate in our lives because we are Christians. They don't come automatically. They operate under specific conditions. And verses 
1 to 2 tell us that those conditions are who he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, on him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. The first condition we see that it, that is that of abiding in the Lord. We abide in the Lord, or we stay constantly close to him. If you aren't consistent in your walk with the Lord, you won't consistently see the promises in Psalm 91 coming to pass. You have to be consistent. That's not God's fault. He always wants to deliver to us. He wants to be merciful and kind to us. He's willing, and he has the wonderful capacity to keep up with and to bless us. We don't have to look to him when we need him because he all, he's always with us. But he's not like the devil who comes in and forces things on you. God won't take, take, take you over and make you do things his way. He won't force his blessings on you. He will do everything he can to get you to turn toward him. But he won't dominate you. He won't dominate you. He will reach out to you and wait for you to open the door of faith for him. How do you keep that door open? By giving God first place in your life. And you can't do that being a lazy Christian. Over and over, the Bible tells us that we must seek God first and foremost if we want his blessings in our lives. Seek is a scriptural word that means to go after. We got to go after him with intense effort. If you want to experience the fullness of your great salvation, Jesus purchased for you, you have to exert consistency, not just when it's convenient. You can't live a life just doing what you want to do when you want to do it and how you want to do it because God has given us his principles. He gave us, given us his word by which we have to abide. Some people do that. They think God took care of me last when I wasn't living right so God can do it again. Or, well, all I would do is God was just how he took care of me before he would take care of me again. But this is a dangerous attitude. If you keep going in rebellion and stubbornness, you will get, you will get a hard heart. And one of these days, you will find yourself unable to turn to God when you need help. Even if you can turn to him, you may find you're under such condemnation in your own mind and heart that your faith won't work. At some point, your faith will, be, will stop working. Oh, and then whose fault will that be? Whose fault will that be? But I'm not rebelling, you might say. I'm just being too busy. Lately, to spend time in prayer, to, to read the word of God, I'm busy. Oh, then you better simplify your life because you can't spend time on other things, filling your heart and your life with natural concerns and expect to be strong in faith when trouble comes. Oh, but these things are going fine right now. That may be true. As Jesus said, 
trouble is coming. When it does, it better find you doing what Psalm 91.1 says, abiding in the secret place of the Most High. The word abide means to dwell. We may fix in a certain place. If you abide somewhere, that's where you live. So if you're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, the shelter of the Almighty, you know that you're resting in God. You have a place in God, and you're resting in him. So in John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatever you will, and it will be done unto you. I have found that wherever I spend time every day in the word of God, the word begins to abide in me. It will come alive in me and begin to speak to my heart continually. I'm telling you, that's a good thing. When you run into trouble, that word is abiding in you, and it rises up in you to help you. You'll be glad. You will be glad. You're not just a lazy Christian. You will be glad you made the word of God your resting place. So open your mouth and shut the devil up. Look back on Psalm 91 verse 2, and you will see the second way to keep yourself in condition to ex- in a condition to experience the fullness of your salvation. God says, that, so I'm, sorry, so I'm, I'm sorry, Psalm 91 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God on him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. That's what Psalm 91 verse 2 says. So you give God authority to act in your life by trusting him with your heart and speaking words of faith with your mouth. Jesus taught us that principle in Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 23, where he said, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. The devil knows that the truth the, the devil knows that truth. So he tries to turn it around to work in his favor and make us doubt God and make us walk in unbelief towards God. He can't come in and force us, force things on us the way he can, those who are unsaved and those who are outside of God's covenant of protection. But he can come in to you believers, and deceive you into giving him place with your words, speaking words of fear, speaking words of fear, walking in doubt and unbelief. Have you ever noticed that when you feel sick, the first thing you want to do is to tell somebody about it? If you have a problem, you want to talk about it. Somehow you think that if you say, you will feel better. That is exactly what the devil wants. He don't want you to go to God in prayer and say, God, Father, you made my body, and you know how this body functions. And I believe in your word because your word abides in me. So I ask you to touch this body right now. Wherever this sickness or whatever is going on in my body, I ask you to touch my body right now. No, he don't want you to do that. He wants you to, to doubt it. He wants you to walk in unbelief. Instead, when trouble comes, zip your lips. Don't say anything about the situation until you are centered on the word of God. 
It is all in your heart. When you open your mouth, you will be able to speak the word. You will be able to say what you will be able to say what God says about your situation, not just to yourself and your friends, but to the situation itself. And that is right. In Mark chapter eleven, verse twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three says you'll be able to speak the word. Mark chapter twenty eight Mark chapter eleven verse twenty three says you'll be able to speak to the mountain. That means you don't talk about the problem, but you talk to the problem. And you tell the pro- tell the problem the word you give the problem the word of God. We tell it what we want it to do. We tell it to be removed according to the word of God. It may sound strange, but it's scriptural and it's a vital part of attending to our covenant of salvation. Remember, when we speak the word of God, we shut the devil up. We shut him down. And he doesn't have the place to work. Because if he's saying that you will walk in sickness and disease, God says no. In his word, he says, Beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And the devil is saying, oh, no, you're supposed to be sick. Oh, no, you, that, that, that sickness is unto death. That disease is unto death. But God says, no, I have come that you might have life and you, that you might have it more abundantly. So remember, when you speak the word of God, you shut the devil up. And he doesn't have any place to work. And you might say, well, Pastor Lurking, all this is wonderful, but it's too late for me. I'm already in trouble. I haven't been walking with God, and there's no way out. So if that's your situation, let me encourage you. God is good. He's merciful. Many times I've seen people call out to him in situations that have gone so far that there seems to be no solution. It looked like it was too late for those people. But it wasn't. God still turned things around. He is kind and he is good. If you take your stand on the word of God and make a quality decision to give your life to him, you can make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll deliver you not because of what you've been through, but because of what Jesus already did for you and what he did for you on Calvary's cross. I'm not saying your problems would instantly disappear, but there can be an instant change. It will start on the inside of you, in your heart. And if you trust the Lord, you can have joy. You can have peace on the inside. When things on the outside are challenging, things on the outside are in in chaos, but he said he has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So when you stick with him, keep listening to his word and obeying it, attending to this salvation that he's given you, your life will change day by day. If you keep the door of faith open to God, give him time to work. He will restore what the devil has stolen from you and repair what has been broken. He wants you whole. He wants you healed. He wants you delivered. He wants you set free. He wants to make you whole. That's the purpose of salvation. That's what God wants for each and every one of his children, to make us, to give us peace. Peace 
that passed, that peace that would pass all human understanding when everything around you is in chaos, when everything around you is in disarray. God says, I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Jesus is, and we are in him. Our righteousness is in him. He lived and died and rose again so we could be blessed with a covenant of peace. Don't let that slip away by neglecting your salvation. Don't let the trouble of this world overwhelm you. Instead, take heart. Take heart. He has overcome the world. And in him, we have So, we thank God for this word that he's given us tonight. We thank God for each and every one under the sound of my voice tonight. No matter what you might be going through tonight, God is saying he is able. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ever ask or think, according to the power that is at work in us. Sense of God, take heart, take courage. God is able. Trust him. Believe his word. Stand on his word. His word is life. His word is peace. His word is joy. His word is victory. His word is liberty. Oh, thank him. We thank him tonight for his grace. Because when we were not, when we were not, uh, 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 when we didn't think that we, we could, God said, yes, you can. Because why? My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. And his grace is sufficient for you. In every situation that you face, in every circumstance that you face, God is in control. And God, and like we always say, God has the final say. And when he says, or tell he says, that's it, we can look to him who is our source for strength in a time of need. So we thank God for his word tonight. And thank you for tuning into this broadcast tonight. And tune in again next Thursday night at 9 p.m. for another session of Alive Because of the Word. We are live tonight because of God's word residing on the inside of us. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. I love you. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello? Hello?
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.